Heavenly Father, we just want to commit your servant into your precious hands, Father, this morning as he brings the message, your message, Lord. And I just pray, Father, that we would, be, we would open not only our ears, Lord, but our hearts would be open to receive your message through your servant. I also thank you, Father, that Pastor John has been available, has made himself available, Father, this morning to speak to us, to bring your message. And I pray for very special blessings, Father, upon Pastor John uh, and his wife, Leonie, and, his, um, and the daughter, Sharia, and his son, too. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Isn't it a great day? God is good. All the time. Amen. I just want to say, Nishanda, I did eat my wheat picks this morning. And I, <laughs> and I can do six. <laughs> and it's good for you. So, um, now, for those who don't know me yet, um, I'm ex-South African. Um, and actually, this is how I call myself. I'm a Kiwi, a South African-born Kiwi who now lives in Australia. So that's a little bit of everything. And I had the privilege over the last 40 plus years of my life to live in three different countries. And I've seen really interesting places, as most of you have seen interesting places. And part of my work is I travel over this beautiful country now called Australia. Sometimes I'm in Perth and sometimes in Sydney. And I'm going up to Brisbane and I'm living currently in Melbourne. Now over all of this time I've seen a lot of interesting places. Places that I just land and I look at it and I'm astonished at what, how God has, has made this earth that we are living in. Do you still look at that? Do you still wake up in the morning and see the sun coming up and say, what a God we serve? Do you know that nature cries out the beatitudes of God? Now he's, he's not in nature and that's what we're saying. God is a holy God and he's, he's in heaven. But dear friends, he created everything around us with purpose. And so likewise he created you. And so often I stand at these places and I'm astonished about how God made these places. Interesting places. I must also say there have been some places which I don't want to go back to. Because it's got sad memories. Is there some people in this place like that? And you associate that, that feeling, that memory that's rooted deep inside of you with that place. And even sometimes when you mention the name of that place, you feel that hurt in your heart. So there are really interesting places that we do want to go back to. And then there are some places that we do not want to go to. It's that really hurt in your heart. And know this this morning that I serve a God who can heal a broken heart. He fixes it up not with plastic or with sticky tape or anything. He fixes it up with His love which the ultimate place for you and me is the cross of Christ. Now in the Bible there are so many interesting places. I've been studying this Bible over the last 20 plus years and I'll tell you what, I've come across really interesting places. And I want to share one of those places this morning with you. It is a place that is called Bir Lahoi Roi. Did I say that right? <laughs> you wouldn't know because you know that's what's written there. Bir Lahoi, Lahai Roi, which means a well of a living one. I want to take you to that place this morning. I want to share that with you. Because whether you like it or not, dear friends, some stages in your life, you need to be at that well. 
There are different places where you shouldn't be, where a lot of people spend their time. And you might be sitting here this morning and say, you don't know my life, preacher. You don't know where I come from. You don't know my problems. You don't know the cancer. You don't know the financial situation I'm sitting in. I want you this morning to put it aside and come with me as I'm going to take you to a place which is a place of living water. It's a place where I long to be every single day of my life. It's a place I don't just want to visit now and walk away and come back later when I feel so. So let's go there. I want to read this passage to you. It is in Genesis uh, verse 25, chapter 25, verse 1. The Word of God says, Abram again took a wife, and her name was Keturah. And she bore him Zimram, Yoksan, Midan, Midian, Isbak, and Shua. If there's anyone who's uh, trying to have more children, there's some names there for you for your next child. <laughs> So verse 3, Yoksan begot Sheba, and Dedan, and the sons of Dedan were Ashurim, Letushim, Luhumim, and the sons of Midian were Epa, Epher, Hanok, Abida, and Eldah. All these were the children of Keturah. And Abram gave all that he had to Isaac. But Abram gave gifts to the son of the concubines, which Abram had, and while he was still living, he sent them eastward, away from Isaac his son, to the country of the east. This is the sum of the years of Abram's life, which he lived, 175 years old. How would you like to live that long? 175 years. You know, some people say, no, you know what I want to say? Yes, Lord, because you gave us life. And I want to live. The last time when I read through the Bible, God gave Adam life. He didn't say, I'm going to blow into you death. Did He? So He was a man who lived for 175 years. Verse 18, Abraham breathed his last, and he died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people, and his sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the fields of Ephron, the son of Zoar the Hittite, the field which was Abraham purchased from his, his sons of Heth. There Abraham was buried, and Sarah with his, uh, Sarah his wife, and it came to pass, after the death of Abraham, that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt, guess where? At a place called Beer Lahahoy Roy. So after Abraham's marriage uh, with Sarah, he had six more sons, and at least seven grandsons and three great-grandsons. That's what we just read over there. But there's just a few things that I want to pick out for you. As you look at the news these days and you see what's going on in Israel, you can go back to Genesis and you'll find a lot of the things that's happening on your TV screen today is actually in the book of Genesis. That's where the roots is. That's where the problems comes from. And you'll see a few of the things that I've underlined, and that's not part of the message, but I just thought I'd throw it in. And the first one is that Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. Isaac was the covenant son, but he was not the oldest son of Abraham. The oldest son of Abraham is Ishmael. 
which he had with Hagar. Now dear friends, the problem that you see on your TV screen there is that Ishmael is wanting the heirship of the father, but he can't take it because God didn't give it to him. He gave it to Isaac. You say, well, why is that so important and why do you want to mention it? I want to mention it because of the fact that when Abraham died, he sent these sons of the concubines eastward, away from Isaac, his son, to the country on the east. And the biggest problems for Israel today is the nations on the east of Israel. Go and have a look for yourself. Every single thing that happens in the world today is connected. It's connected with your word, with the Bible. It amazes me that people don't want to read it anymore. Some people even say it's a dusty old book. <laughs> you know what I want to tell you? And this is, I'm talking out of experience, dear friends. It becomes alive inside of me. I can't stop it. I hear my brother when he says this morning, well, you can't stop me. If you don't want to hear me in this Baptist church, I'll go and talk in another one. Well, guess this. <laughs> They will have to take my life, this life away for me to stop talking about this book, the Word of God. It is inside of me. It makes me alive. Different, it's not a dead book. Every single thing that's happening in the world today can be tracked back to this book. And let me tell you something else. Every single thing in your life, this morning, can be tracked back to this book. It is the owner's manual of every human being on this planet. So you've got problems in your life? Go and search for the answers. I know that's what your parents told you, but believe me, it's true. So let's continue on. He sent them away, and, and the other thing that, that they go on about the TVs today is um, that Isaac and Ishmael were reunited here in chapter 25. Well, in chapter uh, 16, we had problems with Ishmael when he was conceived. In chapter 21, we had him casted out, uh, uh, problems with him scoffing at his brother. And at chapter 22, he was uh, passed out. But yet here, when they buried the father, both of them buried, and the, the uh, Islam, the Muslims will tell you that Machpelah is the place where Mecca is, where Abraham's body is resting. That's not true. Well, that's for you to go and find out. So I just thought I'd throw it in there for you. But what I want to talk to you this morning, and with the place I want to take you to is Beer La Haroi. It says there in that passage that Isaac dwelt at Beer La Haroi. Beer La Haroi is a well that produces clear drinking water. The Hebrew for that meaning of that word is a well of the living one or where God sees, where God can see you. Don't you want to be in a place where God can see you? Now I know what you're going to say, but God is omnipresent, He's all over, that's right. But you want to be in a place where God bless. You don't want to be in a place where God do not bless. And this is the meaning of that word. It is a good place to be. It is not a church, I'm going to show that to you this morning. It is a fellowship with the living God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now let's find out where this place comes from. A little bit more about this well. Right, we're going to Genesis chapter 16. In Genesis chapter 16 we find the story about Hagar. Hagar was sent in by Sarai because he couldn't have children. God promised that he was going to give Abraham and Sarai a child. And she couldn't conceive. So she made a plan. It was a human plan. 
And believe me, dear friends, you don't want to make human plans when God has got His plan. It never aligns with His. And she made a plan. She said, well, I'm going to send Hagar in to Abraham so that she can conceive for him an heir. And that's what she did. But the problem here is, the minute that she conceived and she was pregnant with the son of Abraham, she looked down on her mistress. She walked around and said, you know, I'm the woman around you. Look, I'm, I'm pregnant. You're not. This didn't go well down with Sarah. So she went over to Abraham and she says, hey, Abraham, this will be upon you. Look, she's looking down on me. Abraham said, well, she's in your hands. Deal with her like you want to deal with her. And Sarah, as we know what it's written in that chapter, dealt harshly with her. So harshly that Hagar actually fled away. She ran away. And you know where she ran to? Into the wilderness. Friends, a wilderness is not a place where you want to be. They don't sell chocolate sauce in the wilderness. <laughs> they don't have nice cool ice cream in the wilderness. But that was the only place for her to run to. And her heart was broken out of all of this when she ran there. In Genesis 16 verse 7 it says, Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. She did something right. She came to a place in the darkest hour where there is living water or there is water to survive. One thing about a desert, because the wilderness he talks about here is not a wilderness with trees like we know it down here in Australia. It's not two hours drive and you find the trees, which is a forest. The wilderness there is a desert. It's dry. You need water to survive. When Hagar fled from there, she came to a place which the Bible says a spring of water in the wilderness. That is sustaining life. You see, the thing is, dear friends, for us today, the wilderness is the world with all its problems. How, how many people in this place have got problems in this world? <laughs> oh, it's one, two, three, four. The others are all right. They're going well. <laughs> So it's, it's a place of problems. That is our wilderness. It is a place where you go in, and some, some persons told me one time when I, when I counseled them, they said, Pastor, you know what? It, it comes in threes. Is that right? The first one hits you and you think, man, I'm going to get over that. I'm going to get through this problem. And as soon as you lift your eyes up dealing with this problem, the second one hits you. And you say, man, I can take that on, but it's when the third one hits you that you go down on your knees. And it's like a weight that's been put upon your shoulders and you go down all the way. And I would go lower, but my knees won't take it. <laughs> you see, this is the thing, dear friends. She went into the wilderness as we live in the wilderness. We work in the wilderness and it's the wilderness that causes a lot of our problems through the decisions that we sometimes make out of our own. You see, Jesus through the Holy Spirit is the spring, if we want to compare this to our lives. He's the spring because in Jesus is life. He says He came so that we might live and live abundantly, John 10, 10. He is the well of living water. He produces it to us through the Holy Spirit. And the water is a sign of life. I'll tell you something, dear friends, I've hiked in my life and you walk through a place and you're thirsty. 
And it seems as if everything is dead. But as soon as you see water, there must be life in water. Water gives life. Dear friends, I want to take you to this place where Jesus is and He gives you life in the darkest hour. This was a difficult time for her. She did have nowhere to run to, nowhere to go. She went into a place where people die. And then she went to this well, in this place where everything can die. Look at Genesis 16 verse 13. What happened after this is God heard her cry. And He said, I promise you, I make a covenant with you that your son, which he was carrying now in a body, will have a nation. There will be for him a future. And God lifted her out. And in Genesis chapter 16 verse 13, He says, Then she came, she, she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees. For she said, I, uh, have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore, the well was called, you see the name there? Beer Lairoi. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Beret. Now, yeah, I love the Word of God, and sometimes I get hooked up on words. Did you know that mean, the words, uh, names in the Old Testament has got meanings to them? And if you put those meanings in there, you will understand what the Holy Spirit tries to tell us. When I read this passage, I went into the Hebrew and I said, What does this name Kadesh mean? Kadesh means a sanctuary. A sanctuary. In a way, we can say that this building is a sanctuary. Why? Because we come in here and we do what we've done this morning. We worship, we praise, we sing the songs to God. It's a sanctuary. We come in here and sometimes and oftentimes we forget about our problems. And we worship God. That's a sanctuary. The other place there, Beret, means hail. You know what hail does? Come on, it Destroys. You don't want to stand out in the hail and go, Woohoo! Bring it on! Do you? No, hell is destruction. So what is it saying? There's a specific place where this well is. It is between a sanctuary and hell. It's between where you worship God and destruction. Right between them is this well. What does that tell you and me? Friends, it tells you and me that we do not worship the church. We worship and have a living relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, who can be found at any place, not only in the church. He doesn't only live in this church. What will happen the moment you walk out of this door and He stays in here? You have the cover of God. Can you see the messages which is lined into the Old Testament? And I get so excited about it. And people say, what's going on with him? He's lost his blockers, man. I say, what is wrong with you? The Word of God is alive. So here we find this woman, which is Hagar, and the place was called Birla Roy, which means that that's where God saw her, and it is a well of water. Now I want to take you to another passage. Fast forward a little bit in the Bible. <laughs> and now we go to Genesis chapter 21 and we find a young man called Ishmael. Ishmael was that son which was in her body when she came to this place. And the same thing happened. The apple didn't fall too far from the tree. 
As soon as Isaac was born in chapter uh, 20, uh, in chapter 21, as soon as Isaac was born, Ishmael walked around and he scoffed at him. And that scoff wasn't just pulling up his nose and poking out his tongue. No, it wasn't that. The word of God, if you study the context there, dear friends, it means that he was scoffing at him that he could kill him. Why? Because it was about the airship. What's going on in Israel now? They want to chase the people into the sea. They want to kill them. That's what that scoffing was all about. And you know what happened? Sarah came and she spoke to Abraham. She said, Abraham, now I find this fascinating fascinating, I'm going to give you something here if you want to write this down, if you get a piece of paper go and look at it for yourself Sarah came to Isaac, uh, Abram again and said listen, this boy Ishmael is scoffing at Isaac, I want you to chase them out but it's fascinating and this is where you've got to get it I thought in Genesis chapter 16, Abram gave her the right to deal with Hagar, didn't he? so why would she come back to Abram now and say get rid of this woman and the child. She had the right to do that. He gave it to him in Genesis 16. This is the fascinating thing dear friends. You will go and read that chapter and you will find that Abram was very heartbroken about sending this son into the wilderness, into the desert. And God intervened in that chapter. Listen to this. Why did he intervene? God told Abram, he says, Abram you better listen to your wife. And that's husbands why we've got to listen to our wives. <laughs> now listen to this. Why did God intervene? Dear friends, because there was a law of the land which means it's only the father which could take away the inheritance right of the son. The mother couldn't do that. So you want to, I want to bring it back to today. You see, everything is relevant. If you look at the TV today and you see what's going on there, I'll tell you what the Muslims are claiming Abraham as their father, and they're claiming that birthright of the land. But they can't claim it because God intervened in Genesis 21 and He gave it to Isaac. That's why Abraham had to send the son and the mother out, not Sarah. But that's another message. You see what happens here now? And... And I want to take you to that passage in Genesis 21. And look at this verse now in verse 14. So Abram rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water. And putting it on the shoulder he gave it to the boy and to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed, wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. In the desert of Beersheba. This poor woman. Twice now. She's taking a place into the wilderness. But this time, she didn't go to a spring of water. And Abraham didn't bless them, dear friends. He just gave them enough for a day's walk. They were going to die in the wilderness. And you know what happened in that chapter? They walked there and she looked at this boy and she couldn't take it. So she put him down underneath a tree. And it wasn't a little baby boy by now. He was 17, 16, 17, 18 years old. She put him under that tree and she walks away. The Bible says a bow shot which is a half a mile. She said because she couldn't take it to see her son die. Listen to me dear friend. Let's make it applicable to you and me. What is that one thing in your life which you say, Lord I can't just see it happen. She sat there. And the Bible says he wept. 
I don't know about you, but I've wept in my life. The water was finished. She was prepared to die. She placed the sun there and she walked away and she wept. She was hopeless. Yeah? How many times in your life have you felt hopeless? Yeah, I've done it as well. And all I can do is weep. Say, Father, I've got no idea. I'm sitting here in this wilderness, in this desert. It seems as if nobody hears me. You know, they go around and they say, yeah, I'll pray for you, but I can see it in their body language. They don't take it in. It's my, it's hurting, it's here. This mother was looking at that son. The boy also cried out. But you know what? If you cry, there's somebody who hears. Somebody listens. It's not on the board and it just came to me. And I just want to share the scripture verse with you. You know that God hears our prayers. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 14. I can quote the scripture verse out of my head, but I want to read it to you this morning. And take courage out of this. You pray and you say, listen pastor, you tell all these stories, you encourage me on a Sunday. But when I get into my house, it feels as if my prayers are hitting the roof. Is that you? Take courage this morning. Take the word of God. Apply it to your life and know that my God hears you. Listen to this 1 John chapter 5 verse 14. He says, now this is the confidence. The confidence that we have in Him. Not in man. The confidence in God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Yeah? Yeah, come on. But you see, there is the difference there according to His will. If you're going to pray for those wants in your life, Lord, I know I need this, but I want this. Who knows that? We're all children, aren't we? (laughs) He will supply to your needs abundantly. And if we know verse 15 that He hears us, if we know this, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of Him. That boy was crying in that wilderness. I don't know whether he cried unto God. I don't know what he cried. But I know one thing. And that is that God had a covenant with that son. He promised his mother in Genesis chapter 16. And I'm going to make a nation in this child. So she should have had that faith. But sometimes dear friends. When circumstances of this world coming and pouring down on you. Faith in your heart even battles. Yes? yes. But not in God's heart. God is an unfailing God. What is the attribute of God? God is a holy God. He's an unfailing God. And if God says it, it will be so. You can take it, dear friend. That boy cried out that day. The mother sat there and she wept. There was hopelessness, nowhere to go to. And then God spoke from heaven. He says, Hagar, what's going on? Can you hear God's voice this morning speaking to you, Hagar? Is there a few Hagar sitting in this church this morning? You've already given enough for debt. But God says, when you see dead, I see life. Whew. God spoke, He says, you will not die. Look at Genesis 50, 21 verse 19. Then God opened her eyes as He saw what? A well of water. 
And she went and fulfilled the, filled the skin of water and gave it to the lad to drink. By now you should shout, Hallelujah! You see, sometimes God brings you out of your problems and times and areas and people just turn their backs still on God. Because He just gave me what I want. He's not a God who's going to just give what you want. He give you what you need. I like this. God opened her eyes. Let me apply it to your life. Sometimes your problems in your life blur your vision that you can't see the provision of God. You like that? It's not a matter of whether you like it, your friend. It's the truth. It's written in this book. It sustains you. I better hurry on. I better take you up to another place in this Bible in Genesis chapter 24. We read about another man now. In Genesis 24 verse 62, Now Isaac came from the way of Beer Laharoi, for he dwelt in the south. Where did he come from? He came from this well where Hagar was. Where God twice saved her from, yes? Now the amazing thing here, dear friends, is now I, I haven't got time for that. And I, if I only had time, I could have given you this. But the amazing thing is, after Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac in Genesis chapter 21, when he came back from the mountain, Isaac wasn't with him. Have you picked that up? If you study your Bible, Isaac wasn't with him. No, only Abraham appeared to those two men. He came back. Where did Isaac go? Well, Genesis chapter 24 tells us where he went. He went and stayed in a place called Birlarohi. That place, that wonderful place where I've taken you this morning. Genesis 25 verse 11, it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed uh, his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt at Birlarohi. The well of living water. Now look at Isaac at this space, space and time. He's just lost his dad. Is that a troublesome time in people's lives? Yes. We don't like it when we give loved ones over to the death. It makes it easier for us when we know that they are saved, isn't it? But it's still not a good place for us. And at that point in time, the Bible says that he dwelt. The word dwelt there, and this is what I love to do, you know. He says that he dwelt. The word dwelt there. In Hebrew means to sit down and spend time there. I love this. He had fellowship with God. Have you got fellowship with God? Listen, I'm not asking you how many times you come to church. Church is fellowship with one another. Are you with me? Fellowship with God is having, talking with God, listening to Him. He had fellowship with God. And and that's where God delighted Him, comforted Him, restored Him, refreshed Him. Hagar and Ishmael had casual visits. And that's like a lot of people today. It's just a casual visit. Just go in when I'm in trouble and hey, God, you'll see me through and then they walk off again. It's just when I need something. Or when it fits them. That's how some people go to church. But you know, again, I'm not preaching church, church, church. I'm preaching a relationship with my Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. He dwelt there, the Bible says. He sat down. He spent time there. Where are you spending your time? Where are you sitting this morning. You know, there's places that we should not sit, the Bible warns us. Psalm 1-1. One, one. 
There's places that we as children of God should not serve. He says, Basic is the man who walks not, everybody say not, not. in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. So I've taken you to a place where I want you to be, Bir La Roy. But there's places you shouldn't be. Let me tell you about those. This is in a few minutes. First of all, we shouldn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, walk is not a permanent thing. You notice? When you, and I want you to see how this thing steps down, okay? I, I love the Word of God. Who loves the Word? Yeah. You know, God is good. Amen. You know, when you walk, you can walk into a, a group of people that stands around and you can easily walk away. Is that right? It doesn't take a lot of effort to do that. Sometimes when I walk and I see there's a group of gossipers, <laughs> I can easily walk past. It is my choice whether I'm going to stop or go. Oh, I couldn't help it. I was just pulled into it. No way. Five-year-olds say that. Don't be cross with me, please. <laughs> I've got to say how God gives it to me. Come on. Now, when you walk, it's not permanent. And then he says, he says that word there, he says, in the council. You see that? Blessed is the man who do not walk in the council. Council means advice. If you go into the Hebrew of the ungodly. The ungodly there in Hebrew is who are morally wrong. Do not walk in the advice of the morally wrong people. Secondly, is an action, it's standing. Who knows that when you stop, you take attention. Have you noticed? If you walk, things go past, but if you stop, that's when you listen and you look. And when you stop, your whole body comes to a grind, the muscles that work to get you moving and burn those calories so that you lose weight, now shouldn't go there. But stop you into the place where you are. When you stop there, dear friends, it's going to take some effort for you to go because you might laugh what you hear and see. This is the place you don't want to be. Listen to it. He says, this is more permanent. The, the, the word the way you, who stands in the way where am I lost? No, stand in, in, in the path. The path there means the way, it means actions. Of the sinner means criminals. The Bible don't want you to stand in the fellowship of criminals. Now, there's only one time when you can do that, and that is when you evangelize them. But evangelize don't mean I join them. Can I say that again? Evangelize don't mean I join. I don't become a murderer to evangelize to the murderers. I'm going to kill somebody now. I'm in now. Now I'm going to. Now I can evangelize to them. You do not stand there in that place. And then the final one, which you are all doing now, and I know it's going on, and you're feeling that it's getting sore in your bum. But listen to me. Sitting is more permanent. When you sit down, you relax. We sit down when we eat. Why? Because we relax. We sit down when we talk. We relax. There's nothing straining on that. Now before you get so comfortable 
And so, so sitting there and dwelling in that place, you shouldn't be sitting and relaxing in the place of scorners. That means scoffers. But he's delight. The word delight means pleasure is in the law of the Lord. And by the way, I just looked at that before I came to church. Law there means Pentateuch, which in their day, in the Bible's time, in the times of, of Psalms, was the first five books of the Bible. They didn't have the full Bible like you and me today. How blessed we are. How blessed and privileged we are this morning. So let me finish off this morning by asking you, where are you sitting? Are you sitting this morning at the well of self-pity? Oh, mochotroche. That's not an English word, by the way. It's also not an South African word. Mochotroche means, oh man, I'm so sorry for myself. Me, myself and I. Oh, really, oh, me. Are you sitting at the well of bitterness? That person who did something to you 15 years ago. The well of unforgiveness. You know when I know somebody haven't forgiven somebody? And I had this in my time of pastoring when I one time counseled a lady and we sat down and man she told me this bitterly. I nearly started to weep with her. I said, really? They did all these things to you? Yes. I said, how long ago was this? It was 25 years ago. And you know how I knew she didn't forgive him? Because he told it to me as if it happened yesterday. Changed into that well of, of unforgiveness. No, no, listen. God calls to you this morning and wants to take you to another place which is a memorable place. He wants to break those chains, the well of trouble and of the well of religion. God doesn't call you into religion, He calls you into relationship. Have a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. Be encouraged this morning that you don't have to sit there. You don't have to, you know, sit in that place and, and live your whole life out there. No, 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 no. You can move on. Come to the well of Birla Rohi, the well of the living one. The well will see you. And you make that decision. Listen, Hagar ran to that place. Yes, Isaac decided he wanted to go and live there. Why? Because he wanted to be in fellowship with God. He wanted to be there. Listen to Matthew this morning. Matthew 11 verse 28 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yeah? I will give you rest. I will, 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 will give you rest. Not maybe, if, or but, I will. You only come. Come unto me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest in your soul for my yoke is easy and my burden is light listen you know who's my Sabbath I don't have to uphold the Sabbath in a day anymore because Christ is my Sabbath he's my rest I get into my car and I drive down the motorway on my way to work and I'm at the, at, at the well of relief or he I walk into my office and I sit down and you know what? I'm at the well of Lee Horoi. 
Do you get Leroy is not a physical place? It is that relationship with God. I come out of that and there's something happening in our life. You know, my son rings me up from New Zealand and I can see him and he's struggling and my heart goes out to him because I can't put my hands around him. I can't hug him. But you know what I know? That I'm at Lee. Thank you. I'm there. And I've placed him there. Dear friends, listen this morning what the Word of God says. Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 there, For do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things are the Gentiles, for your heavenly Father knows. He knows. It's not as if God is sitting there and sleeping because He can't. And, and all of a sudden He goes, Ooh! Oh! Wow! What happened to Michael? Oh! Oh no! That shouldn't have happened! No! He knows. 24 hours a day. Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, the place of fellowship and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about His own things. Sufficient in a day is of His own trouble. So what will happen? What will happen if you come? If you come to the place of Larry? Let me finish with the last scripture verse this morning. John chapter 7 verse 37. My Lord Jesus, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out. Now some people sometimes say that I preach too loud. They do say that. I've heard it over my years. You know what I say to them? Bless your heart. <laughs> You want to know why? Because my Lord Jesus cried out. Oh, we should be really soft and kind. That's fine, that's you, but that's not me. When my Bible says that he cried out, he cried it out. (laughs) He says, if anyone thirst, Listen, Hagar, you thirst, I gave you water. Ishmael, you thirst, I gave you water. They, they weren't even the covenant children. Do, do you get this? Isaac was the covenant child. It's not only for the Jews, it's also for the Gentiles. Listen, there's no uh, Jewish blood in my veins, but yet I'm a Gentile saved by the grace of God. He gave me living water. So Ishmael, Hagar, you know what? If anyone thirsts, What's going to happen? Listen to it. Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this is spoken concerning the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit has not yet given, because Jesus was yet not yet glorified. Now, who wants to be? at the place of Bir Laroy. Let me tell you something. Once you've been to that water and drank from that water, you're alive. Now this is the challenge. You become the Bir Laroi for others. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I want to prove it to you. 
I said there was going to be a last scripture, but I can't stop with this scripture. Is it alright? I don't know how long you'll pass the preach, but just, you know, have to listen to this. I need to uh, explain to you why I say that you become, you become the Bilaroi. You become that, that rivers of living water. Because the Bible says in John chapter 7, when you come to me, out of you will spring rivers of living water. Out of you will come that water. People will look at you. Listen, when they look at, they, when they want to ask questions about the Holy Spirit, they will go to Google, they will Google it, they will go to books, but those books can't tell them, you are the picture of the Holy Spirit to the world. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. How you react is what the world sees. Yeah? John chapter 16. John chapter uh, 14. I'm confusing myself, but I'll get there. Verse 16. I love this passage. I love it. Absolutely. Jesus, just prior to Him being crucified to the cross, said these words to His disciples. He said... If you leave me, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. Now that's fine if you say He'll abide with you, because you know, in my lifetime I've had a lot of people who said, Man, I'll stand with you. Wherever you go, I'll stand with you. And sometimes I got into sticky situations, I look around and I go, Whoo, where did that one go? Now, the Bible, you know, God's message is not coming to you and say, I'll be with you. Yes, He is. And we thank God because He's everywhere with us. But it goes further. In verse 17 says, The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. Woo! Amen. Somebody shout Hallelujah. He's with you, and He's in you. So when you go into your workplace, you become a beer or he for those people. I've never walked into a workplace and Bible bash people. Bang! Walking in and saying, I'm this holy man. I'm the man of the cloth. <laughs> no, I don't do that. Out of my conduct, they need to see that I'm different than the world. Out of how I live, they need to see. And they know, often time, often time they come to me and they say, what is it about you? Golden opportunity to, to testify. Where are you this morning? At well, what well are you sitting? Friend, I've got good news for you. Jesus is here today. He's passing by this moment. Reach out and touch the Lord as He passes by. Who knows that song? Well, I'm going to try to sing it for you. My wife's going to help me. <laughs> Reach out and touch the Lord as He passes by. You will find He's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as He passes by. Reach out 
and touch the Lord as He passes by. You will find He's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. Please passing by this moment your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as He passes. Reach out and touch the Lord as He passes by. Heavenly Father, what a privilege this morning to bring Your Word. And Father, I, I dearly want to pray for people this morning who might be sitting at a well they don't belong. I want to pray, Lord, that your word this morning will cut them by the heart and bring them into the fellowship at a place called Deir La Roy. In the presence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit and the Father. Father, it's true that I don't want to go one minute of my day without the Holy Spirit. And thank you that the Bible gives me confidence that He's with me and in me. I worship and praise you for that in Jesus' name. 